Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Turn quick stops for this and that into quick stops for cash back. With new Chase Freedom Flex, you'll earn 3% cash back at drugstores. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Mark from Collider Movie Talk here. You see my pearly whites online every day. And the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. We're not doing it for long enough. And we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? Well, for starters, Quip, it's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help you clean your teeth. They have a built-in timer, and it helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes, and it has guiding pulses that will remind you when to switch sides. They have a great subscription plan. It's for your health, not just convenience. They'll send you new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule, which is every three months, for just $5, and that includes free shipping worldwide. Check out Quip right now. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash collider, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's getquip.com slash collider. Go there right now. They're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists. Plus, they have hundreds of thousands of happy brushers using Quip every day. Join us. Go to getquip.com slash collider. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash collider. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Episode 259. What's up, sweaties? I'm John Schnepp. Let's get into this right now. We're coming in with DC's streaming universe. They've announced it. What should we be expecting? Uh, We've also got the weirdest Marvel movies. Which ones could possibly be coming up? And we've also got some Twitter for y'all, so don't be afraid. Because here we are. What's up, Roka? (laughs) Hello, everyone. We are here. We're going to get into a lot of Twitter questions. But before we do, I want to remind y'all that you can get 
a very tasty Collider Heroes t-shirt that you can own and represent and show the love for Collider Heroes. You can go to the website. It's a bonfire.com uh, slash Collider Heroes t-shirt. And you can get a Collider Movie Talk shirt. You can get a Collider shirt or you can get a Collider Hero shirt. Pick one, pick them all, get them and represent you can go there now. It's a limited time. That thing disappears in like 15 days or whatever. So get them now. Uh, I want to talk about the DC universe. So we got the DC streaming universe. What you know, the DCSU. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> um, that's right. I just coined that. Son, get on it. Um, so DCSU. What do you think about the announcement? We've got Titans. We've got Swamp Thing. We've got Doom Patrol. We've got the animated Young Justice and Harley Quinn series. And that's just for starters. So we know Teen Titans is in the can. We can expect to see that whenever the DC streaming service goes online, that'll probably be available. What won't be available is Swamp Thing because they're just starting to get – they'll be shooting that probably later this summer, September, October perhaps. Um, Same thing with Doom Patrol. I know that Doom Patrol is like they shot an episode of Titans with that cast and they were like, yo, this worked out. Let's make a series. I don't know how far that is. I mean, what do you expect from this? Roku, let's start with you. Well, I'm super excited by this. And, and also because these people are really smart in this way. They didn't go the standard Batman, Superman, Green Lantern. Shazam. They went to like really, I don't want to say cult, but really like just below the radar of the mainstream characters mm-hmm. and, and flush them out and bring like Titans and Doom Patrol. And people were super excited who are massive fans of these properties to see live action versions of them coming forward. Oh, and hey, if that's not enough, they brought back Young Justice, which Greg Weissman was, was and that was all fan-induced right. from their, their comments on social media and when it was streaming on Netflix. Oh, and then we're going to bring back all the old DC films so people can reacquaint themselves. Sure. Uh, Marquea said on Monday, right, she'd only seen it one time with her dad. Right, well, there's Superman people the movie. Like that to now it's time that. to see yeah. it again. Yeah. Batman, the, the, uh, the animated series, you're bringing that back. That's coming out with a massive addition uh, uh, as well. So to me, all of, and the comic book. So this is just very, very smart rollout by them to understand what characters are speaking to the generation that they want to hit now to get as much viewership as possible yeah how about you robert what do those series really hit you well i think it's fantastic you know the comic books the fact that they like you just said they're allowing you to i don't quite know how the comic book subscription what does that entail does it entail right. the entire dc comic library all the way back to the beginning of mm. you know action comics number one but i think the fact that they they're creating truly like their namesake they're they're creating a repository of all things dc right. And if you can watch at your leisure whatever you want to see, you could you as a fan you can work your way through this incredibly rich legacy. I mean, if you watch an episode of Young Justice, you can go read the comics and you can go, well, this comic book ties into this. And the fact that it's all there and it's all interactive and you're right. all going to you're going to be able to do all these things is really innovative. And I think that this kind of thinking really shows that DC. We might complain about the DC Cinematic Universe, but what they've done on television, they've now applied to this whole idea of an online streaming series where they're really coming out guns blazing. I can't wait to see their Swamp Thing series. I can't wait. I can't believe we're getting a Doom Patrol series. That's spinning out of Titans. You know, is there going to be a Hawk and Dove series? Can they make a Brother Blood Mother Mayhem series? Very well could. Who knows? It's uh, it's just very, very exciting. Nothing is off the table. No. And as a a DC fan, I mean, a big DC fanboy... Who knows with it? Let's do a whole Vertigo anthology series with Kid Eternity or right. Shade the Changing Man. Or, or Sandman. Or Sandman. Sandman Done you know? right. Yeah. So here's the thing that's, uh, that people forget that is a marked difference between Marvel and DC. Now, Marvel has, has you know, has, has taken, they've got the belt, if you want to say it's been 10 years. Their Marvel movies have been just hitting it left and right. We've got 
Avengers Infinity War, the biggest movie, superhero film of all time. It's like number three, or I think in the, of all time movies, yeah. two over two billion now. Um, they have all their own IP, all their intellectual properties, all under one hood. It's all DC, all Warner Brothers. They never sold off Spider-Man to uh, mm-hmm. to Sony or X-Men and Fantastic Four to Fox or uh, you know other characters like Daredevil and Ghost Rider and all these other characters. They were like in 1999, DC almost bought Marvel because Marvel was bankrupt, so they had to sell all of their characters off just to make a little bit of money. That's back in the past. Now we're here. DC never did that. Mm-hmm. They've always had Batman. They've always had Superman. Like Now, yes, in the 70s, they did sell the rights to Swamp Thing and Batman, and that's how we got the very first Batman and those Swamp Thing movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, similarly, with Superman, the rights of producers were able to get some rights to this and that. But that was like back then, you know, really literally the 80s and 90s, they've got all their rights. They have all their IP. So it's one of these things that they can do anything they want whenever they want with whoever they want, with all of the characters from the DC Comics universe. That's why we can just see with a drop of hat, like, hey, we love that Doom Patrol thing, Doom Patrol series. We could see a Metal Men 3D animated series instantly if they wanted to do that. There's so many different, and like you said, Roke, I think it's like we are getting these, like, not the top-tier characters, but you know what's funny? It's top-tier versus lower-tier. It's just the lower-tier, not enough people either were exposed to them or understood them, or they were just like, they, we tried this, it didn't connect with like mm-hmm. our big-level Justice League characters like Flash or Green Lantern. We've got these like different kind of weirder characters, but guess what? With a streaming universe, with a kind of pocket universe where people can have their own things, like, I like this, well, I like this, mm-hmm. I think it works even better than having to, across the board, appeal to an entire planet when you can really like zero in on, like, these people are going to love this. So yeah. I think that that's the approach that DC is doing with their comics. I have no idea how many like thousands of comics will be available right. digitally, but I'm pretty sure all of their animated series, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Justice League, all of their DC movies, their animated films. I would be expecting those like 30 plus feature films mm-hmm. to all be available on this DC streaming service. I mean, what do you guys think about the animated possibility? Yeah, there's there's a lot there, and I want to see how that affects where they're available on uh, on Netflix and right. on Comixology. When you talk about the comics, yes. well, they pull those off Comixology now because you know with, with Disney streaming service, they're already talking about the stuff they're going to pull off. And I know I can watch animated DC stuff on Netflix. So right. if you're pulling that off, do I have to adjust now what I pay for in the streaming service? But uh, either way, I think it's brilliant because what you said, John, is 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 right on. They owned their stuff, so they keep they keep owning their stuff. So they can put it where they want to put it. And if they're opening up a streaming service, make it all accessible. I just got excited. The idea that I can go home, turn on the streaming service and watch uh, Doomsday or watch uh, uh, Under the Red Hood or watch whatever when I feel like it, you know? Uh, you know, I hope they also get some of the vintage shows. Like, I've always wanted oh, yeah. to see the hour-long Super Friends episodes. There was one with uh, Plastic Man, you know, right. the geek, the giant geek computer. And I remember is there was a mouse in there, and he had to, like, use his stretchy powers to get the mouse. Mm. I remember, uh, I haven't seen that since I was, like, five. Mm. You know, and, and if, if, if that's there, that would be one of those things where I would just click on and go, oh, I wonder, and get my shot of nostalgia. You know, I right. mean, I, and to see the entire, uh, the whole legacy of all of the animated shows back 50, 60, yeah. however far back sure. they go. I'd love to see, like, the Batman serial from the 40s yeah. show up, you know. Yeah, and would be awesome. And see all of this, <laughs> the, the uh, Captain Marvel. It, sure. well, I don't know if they could call it that anymore, but mm-hmm. the Adventures of Captain Marvel, which came out on Blu-ray. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic serial from the 40s. It teaches you what a real cliffhanger is, <laughs> so you know. Um, it's great stuff, and if all of that's in one place, just how much fun... It, to while away the hours just clicking around it, who knows what you'll find up there? You know, they put it... 
and even for the camp factor, if there's like Legend of the Superheroes or something, like when you were doing your rundown of the oh, yeah. 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, like having those possibly there just for camp effect. Why not? To watch them, why not? Hey, yeah. if there was a Star Wars channel, I'd expect the holiday special to be on exactly. there. Exactly. Um, it is part of canon, right? Grumpy and Grumble and Frimble or whatever. Itchy and Mala. Itchy and Mala. I can't yep. remember their names. <laughs> B. Arthur is part of the Star Wars Speaking universe. of bad movies. <laughs> speaking of bad movies, the weirdest Marvel MCU movies that already happened. We've had the very first Marvel movie movie to ever be made was Howard the Duck. Oh, God. Let's just remember that. <laughs> In 1986, George Lucas was a producer on Howard the Duck. So <clears throat> recently, Leia Thompson has been meeting. She went over and had a meeting at Marvel about directing a new Howard the Duck for the new MCU. Uh, now, this, this version of Howard Duck is CG. It's voiced by Seth Green. And he was introduced in James Gunn's first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then had another cameo in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm damn well expecting to see another third cameo with <laughs> Howard the Duck in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 before he gets his breakout return in Howard the Duck, directed by Leia Thompson. Now, I'm not against it. I think that's cool. Yeah. Because I think Leia Thompson could do a better job than that horrible piece of garbage called the first movie that she starred in, Howard the Duck. It was, it's a bad film. So, I mean, I'm just going to say that. And some people out there might love the film. That's cool. I don't. But I do want to see that character get his right and his justice mm-hmm. done right. I'd say he might be fighting that guy Bong. You know what I'm saying? He's got a lot of weird characters, a lot of weird villains. Um, what are your thoughts about a Howard the Duck movie? I mean, I'm a little concerned that the uh, that a person involved with the terrible first one is involved with this. But Leia's been building her resume as a director over the last few years, so I'm ex- I, I'm kind of like I'm I'm on board with this to see what she can bring to it, and how ironic would it be if she directed a way better film? Uh, because already the few seconds we get with him in the Guardians movies are worth anything you'll spend your time waste your time watching the original movie for. So, yeah. and Howard the Duck is a very interesting character, a fun character that it can. Exist in a in kind of a daredevil or I'm sorry Deadpool type of way, right? And so to have that brought out would be awesome. Yeah, what do you think, Robert? Well, I, you know, I worked on Leah Thompson's directorial debut, her feature film. Mm. She's been directing a lot of TV. It just came out. It's called The Year of Spectacular Men. Oh, good. Mm. And it was written by Madeline Deutsch, her daughter, and she's married to Howard Deutsch, who directed like some kind of wonderful mm-hmm. and, and, and pretty in pink for John Hughes. And I watching her direct, she's a great director and she has a real great feel. And if they went back to the Gerber comics, you know, trapped in a world he never made. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we live we what's going on daily in the United States, the crazy wackiness would lend itself really well to Howard the Duck finding his way to Earth from the cosmic mm. reaches of the MCU. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of... I don't think they need to bring, bring Cherry Bomb back or whatever, you know, <laughs> Thomas Dolby, Dolby's Cube or whatever. Right. Although I do love Thomas Dolby's album. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it could be great. I think it could be great. And, and getting a female perspective on a film like that, I mean... With uh, Imagine with everything that's going on socially in the world today, the Me Too movement. Right. How, how does Howard the Duck react to everything that's yeah, going on that. socially and politically on earth and the earth becomes trapped in a world he never made yeah Howard the duck <laughs> i think he, he might be the one to save us all in avengers 4 i don't know how howard the duck is going to fit in but i want to see it more than yeah. ever i mean do yourself a favor just check out the garbage film called howard the duck watch that movie then just think about the possibilities because and then do yourself a favor and buy some of the original comic books and then see what could be done with that. I think it's right with possibilities. Check it out. So's the Beyonder. Remember that character from Secret Wars, the guy with the white, you know, popped <laughs> collar with the jerry curls kind of walking around and ruining stuff. First he transports the characters to some bizarre battle world planet. 
Then he decides to visit Earth in The Secret Wars 2, and there's more crossovers and spinoffs with every single comic book where they're trying to force you to buy 60 comics for a one-panel thing of this guy eating ice cream or whatever. Anyway, that was the 80s. Now we are into the world of like super crossovers, and these characters now in the MCU can actually really work. We've seen characters that you might have laughed at now all of a sudden really working. Remember that guy with a weird, like, you know, pull over, you know, think like Zemo. Mm-hmm. Oh, he actually worked as a real villain. They gave him dimensionality. They may have said, hey, his family was murdered. He's on a quest for vengeance. So what do you think about the Beyonder? Uh, it's an interesting decision to go with him. Uh, Beyonder was the first time I, or Secret Wars was the first time I started buying like extended comics out of the main story. Yeah, right. Like I didn't know you could do that or you had to do that. <laughs> but you know, it drove my parents crazy because right. I was literally getting my paycheck and walking right over to the comic book shop and just like stacks of it coming home to read through. And you're right for a panel. But Beyonder's <laughs> an interesting because it's such a quintessential '80s comic book character. Totally. I wonder how they could adapt it, and maybe it could be in that way that it's it's stuck in the '80s in 2018. That could be a funny fish out of water way to play, especially because Secret Wars 2, he comes down to Earth and has to deal with all the weirdness of Earth that it's so uh, he's not used to. And then almost like Terminator being taught things of how to function. Right. So there's a lot of uh, room for comedy, certainly with, 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 uh, with the Beyonder. Uh, now I thought like on Monday's show, Robert, you had a great take. On the Beyonder, which I absolutely love. Why don't you tell us again what that take was? <laughs> well, I was saying, you know, the Beyonder could be like Billy Moomy's character from the classic Twilight Zone episode, It's a Good Life, that was written by Jerome Bixby, where this kid t- takes his town away from reality and, and everyone lives in terror. And this kid's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to make television. And he puts, like, dinosaurs on TV. Or, and if he doesn't like you... He'll wish you into the cornfield. Or He'll wish you your mouth away, and you're just like, mm, yeah, it's, mm, yeah, it's but, a, but, terrifying. But stuff. I also think that you could play the Beyonder like Q from yeah. the Next yes, Generation. Yes, you know, who is a Loki esque, mischievous, omnipotent being that's kind of that admires humanity, right? That can't stop bugging humanity. That comes down and wants to learn our ways, and and it, you know, like Trelane from the original series episode Squire of Gothos, or Q from Next Generation. Those kinds of all-powerful, mischievous beings right. are fun. Well, like I said, the and impossible you- man from the Fantastic Four, he, just don't make him green. Make him look like that. Or even cast Mark Hamill. A bunch of people are like, get Mark Hamill to play the Beyonder. I'll be like, that would work, especially <laughs> with Mark Hamill's personality. Why yeah. not? I mean, yeah, and I think that characters like that, you, an actor could really make a character like that mm-hmm. his own. A beloved – I mean, in a way – I kind of saw Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok oh, very as much. a Beyonder-esque type character. Very much. You know, and, and I've still, we talked about this, I know that it's now been mentioned in the world, but we were the first people that we wanted to see the Collector and mm. the well, Grandmaster yeah. get together and hit the road with Howard the Duck. Yes. So we, we even <laughs> had a somebody, real, one of our real Heroes fans movie. made a poster. Yep. You know, and that movie, there's comic gold to be mine Now I want to see that poster, but add the Beyonder in the background. <laughs> Fam, you got a movie, son. Or the Beyonder is their errant brother. That's you right. You know, the Collector yeah. and the Collector the, and the, the triples. Grandmaster, yeah, the they have to go them. find the Beyonder. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones who trap Howard in a world he never made. You know, let's get into the long box. Let's get into some weird characters that are even weirder than Howard the Duck and the Beyonder. I'm going to list off like two of them that I actually really love and I want to see something happen. Actually, Marvel has done a few versions of Fool Killer. That one is the most recent one, that image right there that you see of Fool Killer. If you go all the way back to the original Fool Killer, that's the one I really like. That's the one that I actually, because it was just like, it was like maybe in a seven cent bin mm. or something like five cent. It was like in a bin of like, I got all, I think it was like 11 or 10 issues. 
for like a dollar or something. They were just like, get it away from me. Like, you know, when you get those bins of comics of the yeah. ones that never sold, well, this comic book just didn't hit it. People didn't like it. It was a kid, a guy who worked at Burger King or something, and he was sort of like it was like it's like Kick Ass. Yeah. Like Mark Miller probably read this and was like, I can do better, and did Kick Ass because it's exactly like Kick Ass. Mm-hmm. It's a he doesn't have superpowers. He just gets injured and then can't feel pain. So that's fool killer. Sounds exactly like Kick Ass, doesn't it? But because it is, <laughs> but it's just the Kick Ass is just it goes in a different route. So from that origin, it goes in a totally different storyline. Fool killer. The guy's just an idiot. Like, if you read this comic book, I, I really check it out, find it. It's good. It's ten issues of a, a moron just stumbling through trying, trying to do right, but literally as a stupid vigilante just doing things so wrong that the police, of course, are looking for him and find him quite easily. Um, so, I, you know, and then the, the next couple iterations I haven't really followed. You know, I think they even brought they had like kind of a leathery looking dude, like a leather bound looking weirder kind of s and looking guy than even that guy. That was like the second one. And then this guy showed up and all the original ones, I think, show up in this one. I was just like, that's ah, too many fool killers for me. But right. go to check out the first one. I really like it. It's got this real honest thing. The second one I, I picked out is like a super weird one to go with is Void Indigo. Now, this was a character that I, I just found out like a week ago that he was that it was originally written to be a Hawkeye series. Oh, wow. And then something happened where they're like, screw you. And they just changed the character into this bizarre dude named Void Indigo. It's Didn't like Epic his, Comics put yes, that Yes, they did. I have every issue of that. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Val Myrick. You yeah, Val you, Myrick. You do not hear that guy's name a lot. This guy did an incredible, I mean, of course, me and Robert know what the hell this is. One of the more obtuse and strangest comics ever made, mm. Void Indigo. Search your boxes and then your feelings. Know it to be true. <laughs> Read Void Indigo and then you'll be like, damn, this would be a weird movie. Yeah. This would be a weird Marvel movie. What a cool title, too. It is. And it, it all ties in it's it's so weird you revisit that dude broca what do you got uh, I, I i don't know I, I didn't go deep into the box like right. you guys i think i misunderstood the question like what kind of weird okay. uh, marvel f- films you'd like to see and i, I threw out thunderbolts remember thunderbolts sure this idea of bringing in yeah, these yeah, like love we, it we saw this with suicide squad on the dc side yes but maybe marvel could do it in a way that's a, a little bit better than the suicide squad or, or a lot better and so you and there's multiple people you can choose from because there's so many different iterations there already you, exist too who do you think yeah I, I would love to like bullseye moonstone black widow you could throw in there red Hulk, Paladin, right. so many of these you can Zemo. choose from. Zemo, absolutely. Like you yeah. said Ant-Man, Ghost. Uh, what is it? Yeah, all these different things thrown in there. So there's so many games to play with with them. And the other one I threw out uh, with the is the Illuminati, but you know that's uh, way too big characters. So right. I'll just leave it at Thunderbolt. But you know, so what? many different pl- games to play there. I wouldn't say I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked to like see Avengers five or Avengers six be called Avengers the Illuminati yeah. something something yeah. like or because once they have Reed Richards they've got Black Panther they've got Namor they've got they've got everybody now yep. who's in the original Illuminati that mm-hmm. wasn't the case even three years ago or right. even a year ago right. what do you think Robert well I've got I've got actually three uh, the character Jack of Hearts nice I always <laughs> nice. love Jack of Hearts <laughs> I do too he's cool you know he's cool like, cool costume but, but that's not that that was the character, but the two comics I want to see. Did you get his limited series? Yes, I have it. I have the limited series. I have four issues. Limited series. The four issues. Right. Limited series. Okay, Alien Legion. It's mm. not really a character, mm. but there are two science fiction comics that Marvel put out. One was Strike Force Moratory, which I really liked. We who are about to die salute you. Kind of these gladiators, sci-fi. They're all future war, but. The Alien Legion. That was before Strike Force. Yeah, that was before and Strike Force. Awesome. And, and Chuck Dixon. I mean, 
Alien Legion is basically like it sounds. It's space marines. Mm-hmm. And it, incredible. There's, there's human characters. There's alien characters. They're kick-ass. And there was a, a long-running, well, not long, actually, there was like, it's like 36 issues yeah, or yeah. something. And there was two, and then there was various one-shots and prestige versions. Uh, it's an incredible, if you like the movie Aliens, it's very much like the space marines and aliens that don't die at the hands of the xenomorphs. And th- they're great. I think they should do it as an animated series. Um, I mean, it's not a crazy Marvel character, right. but it is an epic comic. Epic put it out with, that was their adult imprint. And right. I just love... Alien Legion. So Jack of Hearts and Alien Legion, that's what I would see. I'm not mad at Alien Legion. I think that would be a fantastic series. I'd like to see it live action. I would, I, think it would I would love to see it live action too, but if not, then how about like Into the Spider-Verse, do it as an animated, sure. an epic animated film, but have it the, the animation look like... Keyword epic. epic. It has to have that because... That that when I I think I, I have the first like fifteen or sixteen issues I really was into the first like whatever the first story arc yeah was, was like really about good. eight or nine issues mm-hmm. and then whenever wherever it was going I like think I, I was just like Batman or whatever I just started buying other comics or right whatever. but um, it's fantastic check out all these comics we listed off they're very cheap to get because a lot of people don't know about them mm-hmm. go to your local comic book store or go on Amazon and there's just get one, them there's one more six from Sirius dude that, that is Paul Gulacy drew and, yeah, Doug Mank and, and, and Paul Gulacy I mean. That one, they did six from Sirius and six from Sirius Two. They're limited series, another epic comic sci-fi thing. Mm. Awesome, yeah, loved it. Yeah, those guys together were doing a lot of crazy. The Marauder, remember that one? Mm. So it was something Marauders. Yeah, they yeah, did a yeah. bunch of these weirdo science fiction kind of almost heavy metal style uh, yeah. comic books. And yeah, six from Sirius, fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up. I just bought six from Sirius on eBay. No, six from series number two, I was missing three and four. So you can get these things. They're very easy. Just type it in. You don't have to go on mad searches like we asked. I used to have to travel around the country and go to comic book stores like, do you have this bizarre esoteric book? And said, Google, eBay, purchase, buy it now. Next two days, I'm reading it. It's insane. You know what? You don't have to go on a crazy search to become a subscriber to Collider Heroes. If you're driving right now, I know you can't stop the car and click on iTunes or Podcast One to get, uh, you know, to become a subscriber. But just pull over right now while you're driving. Go ahead, pull over. I'll give you a few minutes. Just kidding. Don't pull over. Um, but become a subscriber and listen to us on podcasts. You don't get to see our pretty faces, but you get to hear our words and uh, just, you know, listen to us while you're like making dinner or whatever before you watch us while you're eating your dinner. So check it out. Um, Wizard World coming up. Boise, Idaho, July 13th through the 15th. I'll be there as a special guest. I don't know where my booth is, but if you type in the promo code SHNEP, you'll get 10% off of whatever their tickets are. So go ahead and do that. I'm doing a bunch of panels there. I'm doing a Heroes Live panel there. I'm doing some uh, panels on filmmaking and on animation. So get your tickets in Boise, Idaho. I've never been to Idaho. Can't wait to hang out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out at wherever you guys send me places to hang out on Friday night and Saturday night because I will hang out. So... We're doing that, and then me and Burnett will definitely be at San Diego Comic-Con on Friday and Saturday for sure somewhere. We don't know yet, but we're going to lock it down. We're going to have a meet and greet, and you all can hang out with us probably Friday night at some place in the gas lamp. We're waiting for those offers to come in. One person has already given us an offer, and I think I'm taking it. But you know what? There's a bunch of places to go and hang out and see things. So definitely, if you're making it down to San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to have a limited capacity hangout. I'll be at this booth, 1703, doing some signings with my stuff for about an hour on Friday and an hour on Saturday. And then I'll just be kind of walking the floor and hanging out and having fun. So that's San Diego Con, Boise, Idaho. want to let you know that stuff. And coming up right now, Twitter questions. So here we go with Danzig1979 asks, um, 
anniversary of the Superman the movie, and in June 2019, it's a 30th anniversary of Batman. So right now we got the 40th anniversary of Superman happening this year. Next year, it's the 30th anniversary of Batman. Do you think it's possible for a theatrical re-release and 4K UHD release to celebrate these films' legacies? Um, Anything is possible. Um, (laughs) I would like to see that. Um, I actually have them in 2K, and those are quite fine for me. I haven't jumped into the whole 4K conversion kit universe thing yet. Mm. Um, I just don't need to see every single pore on somebody's face. I mean, I I get it. 4K is better. It's crisper. But if you have a great TV and you have an amazing Blu-ray, that's enough for me. So, I mean, sorry, 4K. (laughs) For me, (laughs) I don't give an F. I'm not buying a 4K anything. So, guess what? I went from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, and then it's just going to digital streaming. <laughs> Woohoo! It's streaming technology. It's all floating in some cloud. I might have to wear a cloud, a mind cloud, to be like, I'm in my own universe of the movies I own digitally, but you're not getting me with 4K. I'm not. Uh, Robert, have you been sold to the 4K universe? Uh, yes. All right, tell me about I, it. I, well, UHD, what you want is you want to get you know Dolby Vision. It really does add uh, an element. Here, here's the thing. The problem, <clears throat> you have to have the proper TV. Right. And I don't have the proper TV that I want yet. Right. I want to get a, <clears throat> a Panasonic 4K OLED TV, but you can't get them in, in the United States yet. Mm-hmm. You can only get them in England, and I want one that's bigger than 65 inches. Right. Well, that's a $12,000 TV. Right. Ooh. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's if you're building a home theater and you've got the proper calibration, we now have the ability with 4K – to pretty much duplicate the theatrical experience at home. Right. I mean, and, but Blu-ray is, is great too. I mean, it's incredible. I got a 65-inch <clears throat> television with Blu-ray player. I'm happy. And it's also the sound. I mean, if you if you're going to spend the kind of money and have an Atmos sound field, right. and that it, it, you now can do it at home. I mean, that's what's really interesting. But Blu-ray is is amazing as well. Like I'm with you. I would expect by the end of the year. We probably will. I don't have any knowledge of this, but it would really surprise me if Warner Home Video doesn't announce a 4K release of Superman the movie, mm-hmm. especially if they announce that there's going to be a Superman, a new Superman movie at... Right. I would imagine they're going to announce yeah. this at Comic-Con. Right. They're going to have a 4K. They're putting out that 4K finally of 2001. Right. And then I'm sure they're going to have a 4K of the Batman films. I mean, that's a, they keep re-releasing the Batman movies in different formats. They released all the Nolan films in 4K, the right. Batman, Nolan mm. Batman films. And I would love to see... I mean, the first Batman, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Burton's first Batman. I like Batman Returns better. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would love... It looks... It'd be fun to watch in 4K. I'll tell Dude, you I went and saw the, the- uh, theatrical Batman, the first film, like last year at the Cinerama Dome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, yeah, there's little moments here and there where you're like, I would have trimmed that out. But yeah. otherwise, fantastic and so much more fun seeing it with a big audience. What do you think, Roka? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if the Superman one comes out. They just released one last year in December, October of last year. That was the double bill of the Superman, the Superman Extended Edition. Right, right. And right. Warner Archive did that. Yeah, they did that as a double. As a double. So, and then, so, but the Batman one seems more possible to me as it's more current. Right. So the transfer will be even more vibrant and interesting, especially with how Tim, Burish, Tim Burton shot that film. Yeah. Right. The the, right. The, the, the the blacks and the uh, uh, the colors he was using throughout that whole film. And I agree with Robert. It, for me, it doesn't hold up. Batman Returns is better, but. If you're going to get a crisper, nicer version with better sound, especially right. for Prince's music, then why not? It you know, makes the most sense. What I find, there's a lot, of, a lot of pundits out there reviewing 4K transfers online, and they don't seem to understand that things that originated with a photochemical process, like movies, yeah. most movies up until yeah. like the last 
have grain in them. Yes. Right? So when they when they review these 4K, it's like, well, this doesn't look that good because I can see the grain when a lot of visual effects were, were done at 2K and put in film. Like, right. they, the studios have been doing some amazing transfers. I mean, the fact that we're getting 4K and that they're going back and mm. they're, they're future-proofing their movies and they're, they're, they're giving us the best possible transfers, we want more of that because we want those movies to be preserved in the best possible format. So anytime a studio puts out a 4K release, I would like to support them when I can uh, because it, it the, the preservation of, of our, our cinematic legacy is really important and it's every year that goes by, more films are getting forgotten yeah. because the older, you know, and you people are responsible because you're not watching older films. You should be. Can Batman be made in a year? Can Batman come out the Batman movie from Matt Reeves? Can that come out in October 2019? <laughs> We're not even at October now right. for 2018. If they announce the Batman, they're in pre-production right now on the Batman, and they announce it, and they go into, they start shooting that movie. But at the end of the year, mm. there's no reason that it can't be coming out that the following in following October of this, of not this year, but next year. That's a year and a half from now. Yeah, they right. do that with Bond movies. They're doing it with Wonder Woman. Yeah, they just started shooting Wonder Woman, and that's coming out next year. Yeah, it did Deadpool was quick. Deadpool yeah. was a quick Deadpool turnaround. was like almost less than a year turnaround. Yeah. yeah, and they say they want to make a smaller story for Matt Reeves' Batman, so it'll be city based. Yeah, so that's that makes the most. That sense is as to well. me very important quick. that DC mm-hmm. makes Batman the right way, and they're making it with the right guy. Matt Reeves sounds like the right guy to make mm-hmm. the film. I think 30th anniversary would be a little bit of like. Oh, Batman's coming out on the 31st anniversary. And it's like, why don't you, do, you know, you've had only like eight, six years now since The Dark Knight Rises yeah. came out. Can you get this Batman movie to come out on the right time to, for the anniversary? I think they're trying for it. They think they're shooting for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're going to get a big announcement for the Batman at San Diego Comic-Con in about a week and a half. Wow. We're all looking forward to it. We're all going to be there. We'll find out. Uh, you'll get our coverage from it. You know, whether we're outside sweating with you guys. Or, we didn't get into Hall H. Or come running out like, we've got the news. Like, you'll find out. So stick around. Watch for Collider Heroes updates. Uh, Meteor. Question from Meteor. Are the characters being used in the Sony Spider-Verse never going to be in the MCU and thus never going to interact with Holland Spidey? Or is it possible this is the ultimate 616 universe situation where Holland could travel to the Sony-verse at some point? <clears throat> well, Meteor, I think that's not going to happen. The, the 616 travel around a Spider-Verse thing, I personally don't think that's going to happen. What I personally do think is going to happen, most people don't believe. What I think is that when Sony and Marvel made their deal and exchanged Spider-Man with Marvel, what did Sony get? Why would you think that Sony, who owned Spider-Man, and Marvel was in the weaker position of having to negotiate, well, we'd love to have Spider-Man come back. What does Sony get? Sony gets to use Peter Parker. Sony gets to use Spider-Man. So that's like... You know, I'd love to be wrong. No, I don't. I don't want to be wrong. I think that would be stupid. If they didn't negotiate being able to use that one character who's necessary for Venom, who's necessary for Silver and Black, Mm -hmm. who's necessary for every single version of anything that they're going to do with Spider-Man's rogue characters, his villains, everything that they're using, the Sony Spider-Verse, and they don't use Peter Parker? Inherently flawed. It's not even possible. That's why I'm saying right now, Bet me. I'm a better man. Come at me. I'll bet you any amount of money that's Peter Parker, Tom Holland, Peter Parker. Doesn't have to be Spider-Man in a suit. Peter Parker is in Venom, and Peter Parker is part of the Sony Spider-Verse. Period. Stop. Full stop. 
That's happening. What do you think, Roka? Yeah, I agree with you. I th- I, there's no way... Uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Spider-Man is not in these movies in some form or fashion. I, you're right. I think you negotiate this. So yeah, you can use him in the MCU. You want to do that? Great. But we retain the rights to use him in our stuff. And it does not mean that anything that happens in the Sony Spider-Verse has to bleed into the right. MCU. That's his life. So everything that can happen around his life is his life. He can make maybe a reference to it in an MCU film, but there, there's no, there does not have to be any con- uh, crossing over in that way. So to me, yes, I absolutely believe he's going to exist in both universes and he's just an incredible character that's done so well now finally by tom holland that why shouldn't he exist in both worlds if venom is a big hit and venom 2 yeah, is a big it gives hit them an act possibility they can right? have spider-man yeah. be in venom 3 there's all these possibilities yeah. and that's what this whole thing is about it's about those endless possibilities if these things are hits mm-hmm. they'll spawn sequels what do you think robert well I, yeah like what you're saying why why not i mean who's to say they can't make a spider-man movie at some point over at sony mm-hmm. i mean do they have a limited option? I thought that the option was limited, they, that the MCU couldn't just keep making Spider-Man movies. Well, but, remember, it is a Sony movie. Yeah. That Spider-Man right, Homecoming yeah. is a Sony uh, movie. Absolutely. And it's I, not a Marvel film. It's a so Sony So I think film. there's no reason why they can't. I mean, why wouldn't you if it's all part of the same thing? I mean, it's, it's better for everybody. You know, a, a high tide raises all ships. Right. So why wouldn't that happen? And I think that, look. The symbiotes, clearly the symbiotes come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the great dusting has occurred, if there is an undusting, does that, <laughs> if there's time travel involved, who right. knows? How do you, who knows where Peter Parker gets undusted? If right. he gets undusted at where, some point. Was it, where, yeah, where's he, he traveling from time something? Is, time yeah. has changed. I mean, who knows? But, but it, it, I think, of course, these characters, you can't do, you know, silver and black and not have Peter Parker. Right. What is it? Black. It's black silver cat. Black. Yeah. You, I mean, silver silver and black. Yeah. But you can't. Is that, it's called yeah. silver and black. Silver right? yeah, You and can't black do cat, that. Yeah. You can't have. You can't have black cat without Peter Parker. You can't. Otherwise, who is this character? Yeah, it's the Sinister Six without Peter, without Spider Man. Yeah. Who are they going to fight? Yeah. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it borders like like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't even start. Want to keep arguing it? The I whole mean, genesis of them is to fight yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, Here we've created these supervillain team who are going to hang out and plot crimes. But I mean, Venom looks like Venom because he was the symbiote <laughs> yes. over Spider Man. Yes. yes. You can't. You can't like it, when, when Venom's face shows up, even in the in the Tom Hardy when right. Tom yeah. Hardy becomes Venom. He, he, the creature didn't look like that. He yes, looks that yeah. way because of Spider-Man. That's, you know, yes. and you're like, yeah. wait, what? So that's why I think it's connected. Yeah, there's going to be some kind of connection. Don't know how Venom is connected yet or how they're going to play into the looks or how things are connected. But I swear, if Peter Parker is not part of Venom in some way or if Peter Parker is not involved in the Spider-Verse, I'm going to see the animated Spider-Man. That looks fantastic. Mm. Oh, it looks so good. If Peter Parker's not part of it, I'm not interested. Even though it's Tom Hardy, I think he's one of the greatest actors. If they somehow made a really stupid deal with Marvel, that's why I don't. I can't even fathom. Yeah. It. Like to me, when I've had arguments with people about, they're like, "There's no way Peter Parker's going to be in there." It's like I feel like I'm talking to one of the dumbest people on the planet. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, it could be me. I'm going to look in the mirror and be like, "I guess I was tricked. I thought Peter Parker was in this film because how could they ever possibly do something that stupid by?" <laughs> Here we'll give you we'll give you uh, Spider Man just because we can't seem to make a good Spider Man movie, but yet we won't main, retain this for our Spider Verse, which is all everything that revolves around Peter Parker and Spider Man. We just won't use that character. Yep. Yes, insanity. We'll find out, you know, in the next couple months when we see Venom. So hopefully, you know. They've done the right thing. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore. All right, Luis Maldonado asks, "Hey guys, love the show." My question is, if Universal gave Marvel the rights to do a solo Hulk movie, should Mark Ruffalo come back and do a trilogy 
with that character. Now we know that Marcus talked about, you know, hey, I did this Thor Ragnarok and then Avengers Infinity War and <laughs> Avengers 4. That's this Hulk trilogy that we talked with with Feige. They outlined like a plan for the Hulk. And so you saw Thor Ragnarok and that's the planet Hulk Thor where he scrimped off the earth. And he's like, you know, super warrior, badass, you know, bad fighting dude. Then we saw Infinity War where it's scaredy cat Hulk and got his ass beat by Thanos. And he's like, no, it's like, what's up with the Hulk? You know, Banner's like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> got the no Hulk. Then we saw that leaked image from Avengers 4 with a smarter looking Hulk, <laughs> like a Hulk that we never saw. We never saw that face as the Hulk. We saw it as, as Ruffalo, mm. but he's wearing an outfit. I'm like, what's up with a civilized Hulk with a, an outfit? It's still skin tight, so you can see he's a monster. But he's like, there's a face that is not the Hulk on the Hulk's face. Right. And that is Bruce Banner's face. So that's our guess. We don't know. But with that guess, if they go that route, and that happens to be the Hulk in Avengers, whatever they're, they're calling it, will we then see a continuation? We were talking about uh, on Monday's show, a Tales to Astonish with the Hulk and Namor. If they want to team up mm-hmm. and do different kind of offshoots using the names of tradi- like fantastic old comic books... That's a way to get around the rights issues of like having a, well, it's not technically the Hulk movie. It's the Hulk and somebody else, and we're calling it this. I would love to see a trilogy called Tales to Astonish. What do you think, Roca? This is interesting because my initial reaction to this was, well, Ruffalo's getting up there in age. Do you want to hand a trilogy to an older guy? Mm -hmm. But Hulk is your escape clause because he's CG. He does not have to age. He's not going to have, you know, silver or salt and pepper hair or anything like that. So it can still work. So, yes, I think with Ruffalo, because he is the one guy that everyone has universally enjoyed as the Hulk, and it'd be nice to see him come and do this. Unless you're messing with time, and then at that point, I don't know what you can do in Avengers 4 to open whatever you're going to open. So maybe you could go that route. But it's too complex for me personally. And so I think it's smarter that you just go, if you're going to do it, I certainly it's certainly possible. And Ruffalo has said numerous times, he has talked to Feige all the time about what to do with Hulk. So right. I'm sure they've mapped stuff out. It's a matter of the rights. Can they work out the rights? If they get the rights, then boom. The coolest thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe these last 10 years is if you were going to own, you say you bought, bought every Blu-ray, mm. you could have them all in a stack and they all are interconnected and they all make sense right. with each other. There's a couple of things, whatever, you can nitpick some this year, the wrong year on this, whatever there's a few things here and there, but overall they're all part of this same universe and you can watch all of them as one big thing. I want the next 10 years to be just like that, so I have 20 years right. of incredible comic movies that all interrelate with each other, and there's growth, and there's movement forward, and there's like, these characters were then, and these are the characters that are now that are related to then, to the back and forth, to the history of what they've already established. Just like comic books are constantly reinvigorating their own history, but with newer stories, I think I see the movies as taking bits and pieces of our history and making a brand new soap opera, so to speak. So I would love to see that continue. I don't want to see them reboot time. Have a brand new, like a baby Iron Man, a baby Captain America. That's when I, I would be like, I'm out. Or unless they somehow do a great job, which they could, and then I'd be like, well, good job done. Mm. I wouldn't say no until I've seen it, mm. but what I'd like to see continue is what they've been doing, which is this kind of a legacy. What do you think? Well, no, I agree with you. I think that's the strength of. It's the strength of comic books. I mean, one of the things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done so well is it's taken the idea. Why did people read comics in the first place? It's because you could get involved in these in these universes and go from one book to another and one character to another, and they all intertwine. And 
that's what they figured out how to do so well with the MCU, and I don't think they're going to give that up anytime soon. Right. I think that that legacy makes it, it just it just <clears throat> increases the value of all of those films because mm. they are interconnected. You yep. want to see them. What I'm really curious about is, you know, at the end of Infinity War, half the Earth's population is gone. Right. Yeah. So we've got the core Avengers team is still alive. What's that world like? Ooh. At the end of Infinity War, you've got, it's, is it like the leftovers? Yeah, right. You know, the, where everyone's incriminating themselves and they feel bad, like nobody knows what's happened. Can you imagine the possibilities of where, how that movie's going to start? What if it just says two years later? You know, you see news reports yeah. about how the depopulation of the Earth has affected everyone, and the, and the, the Avengers failed. Right. You know, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. I don't have any idea where the story's going to go, <clears throat> how it's going to begin, and I can't wait. And they're going to set up the next 10 years with whatever it is they're going to do. Right. Have new, have new heroes come on the, on the scene, you know, to help out. Have the Avengers, like, gone away because they're depressed because they've stopped it? I mean, it, what's going to happen? Do you remember... About six months ago, the Russo brothers posted a picture from some castle that's not in Avengers Infinity War. They're shooting this movie. They're shooting Avengers. They're shooting both of them back to back. Do you remember that? I don't. On Instagram. Okay. Now, I called it. I was like, that's Dr. Doom's castle. Oh. Go back in time. Watch the episode. It's from six months, maybe a year ago. I can't remember. They're shooting the film. They're in a castle somewhere. Wasn't Red Skull's castle? We're in Latveria. I bet you my bottom dollar that Avengers Four starts with the remaining core Avengers attacking Doom's castle. I'm just going crazy now. I'm not just <laughs> but but you know what? I do think it's Doom's castle because they're smart about it. Why not shoot a scene like that? They, they, they the, you know, the, the people who are last to know are all of us. These deals, mm-hmm. like we heard about the Spider-Man thing, they'd already done it. The right. deal had been, they've been working on that deal for like a year and a half. And the only reason we found out was somebody's like, look at all these emails. You know, that's why we found out. Otherwise, we would never have known because somebody blabbed out all these emails over private emails. That's why all of us found out about it. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like the, a special announcement. Hey, check it out. Look what happened. It was more like, look at all these emails. So, well, it's funny to me because, you know, I had this big argument over Twitter on Twitter this past weekend. Is Infinity War a cliffhanger? Wait, wait, wait. You had an argument on Twitter this weekend? I don't know. I don't believe it. This week's argument was about whether or not Infinity War was actually a cliffhanger. Right. And I I was saying a lot of people were coming at me saying I was wrong. I wasn't wrong. Infinity War was not a cliffhanger. It ends. Right. And when when the next movie... What's the date on that? uh, November 2016. Okay. When the next movie starts, the world... Are the Avengers just going to go battle Thanos? Mm. How are they going to do that? The planet Earth has been changed. I mean, humanity has been changed forever. So the movie, that's, it's not like it's the continuation of the same action. It's not like when Riker says fire at the end of Best of Both Worlds. And mm-hmm. it, the next episode, a season later, picks up with the deflector of the Enterprise firing. We are left in a universe that is irrevocably changed. And our characters are not going to be in a good place. Well, here I would argue that... Where's it, Tony Stark? It's not, it's not a cliffhanger in the old school way of like no. a dude hanging off a cliff. Come back next week to find out what happens to dude hanging off cliff. Yeah. But... It is not a tied up in a bow ending. No, but, but everyone's left in chaos. Now we've had bummer endings before. You can watch a movie like THX one one three eight, and George Lucas will say, and he, his goal was to never make a sequel. It's a one and done. That's how movies used to be made before everything was sequelized. <laughs> there was a one movie, and we have an idea, and his idea was, oh, it ends kind of as a bummer, and uh, the character kind of leaves this one horrible world to come to another 
even more horrible world credits. So it's like where, you know, you hear George Lucas as an older man. And I'll say, the one thing I should have never done is done that bummer ending. Whereas I totally disagree with him. I think that is one of the best ways to end that movie because it's a movie about the destruction of society. Not every movie has to be, oh, thank God everyone lived because my life sucks. It's also like, hey, wouldn't it be horrible to live in that world? Mm-hmm. Let's make sure our world doesn't become that world. That's what, that's what some of these things are about. And then years later, when it's all about money, you're crying about, oh, you shouldn't have had that bummer ending. But I'm glad the younger version of him stuck to his own guns and made that film because it's an important film. And that's how I feel about yeah. Avengers Infinity War. <clears throat> It's not a cliffhanger, but it is a movie that has a sequel coming. Of course. You know that these heroes are left in this some perilous adventure. Every single person who went and saw Infinity War knew there was another movie. Sure, right. of course. So it's definitely it's setting it up, but it had this bummer ending, and it was kind of fun to soak in it. But what if, what, if, what if the new Avengers opens 20 years later? Mm-hmm. You know, it just says there's supposed to be a time jump, so that's right. the rumor. You know, and, and you've got these characters that have been incriminating themselves for for the last two decades for failing, right? And then Kang shows up and gathers them all, and <laughs> right? And then, then we're off to the races. I don't think any of the Avengers are going to be doing that. I think they're going to be avenging. I think it's like yeah. it's like six months sure. later, and it's just like Age of Ultron. Yeah. They're in the middle of some cool, you know, not cool because half the population is gone. But they're maybe they're trying to do something, or maybe there's a bunch of supervillains of teamed up to the ones who are still alive. There's, a, you know, there's any kind of possibility. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I know we get more Twitter questions to get to, but real quick, like I, this is a great thing you brought up because what world leaders were killed. What what right. was it? Who's in charge of what? Was it chaos? We see this already in our real world, how when a leader is taken out, how all these other people, like the fall of communism, look at what happened within those countries when that happened. Yeah, it was great to take out the communist leader, but then all these other factions moving through the Middle East is full of that. So who was in charge? And you're right, so the Avengers are avenging, but with a way less, uh, way less powerful force because they have less people. So are new heroes popping up because evolution, because of a reaction, because of whatever, you know, that's possible too. So there's all kinds of things you can play with an Avengers Also, the ultimate sacrifice that we know someone's going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. give yeah. or take has to have something to do with bringing back time to its current right. state. Exactly. To that moment when Thanos is in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. To that moment. It yep. has to go back to that moment before he does the snap. Yeah. It has to it has to go back to that time. That's what I'm I'm sure that's what Doctor Strange saw. He saw something mm-hmm. where the events have to unfold this way. And even if we go to a future Avengers, those characters are then gonna face like you have to do this one thing in order to reverse time to the you, you yeah. have to sacrifice yourself to do that. I, the, it has to be that way. I, I feel like that's that's the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, we can't move forward and all of a sudden, like, half the universe re-shows up. Like, where's my house? Right. Like, a, six months later, you know? Right. I mean, also, look, we saw that we've seen when they were shooting Infinity War 2, whatever it's called, uh, that Captain America was in his Avengers from the first Avengers. Yes. And we know that that was when Tony Stark saw Doc, uh, Thanos for the first yes. time, where Tony Stark, I'm sure we revisit that. We're and going Loki, through time. And there's all kinds yeah. of stuff going on, and uh, I, that's why I'm like, whatever it is, it's going to be rad. Yeah. yeah, I cannot wait. I can't. But wait. we have to. Yeah. We have to wait at least eight and a half months. Stephen Grant has a question: What superhero film would be improved by giving it the Logan Noir treatment? I think something like The Shadow would take on a whole different feel in black and white, or even 1989's Batman. So I, I love that question. I think um, the Noir treatment. A lot of people, a lot of younger kids, are like, I don't like black and white. Well, it's like. You shouldn't be like with that way. I think it's like maybe you're not watching the right black and white films. Touch of Evil, 
Uh, you just watch any of Orson Welles' films, yep. period. Black and White. There's so many amazing films. Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity. Yep. Uh, Billy Wilder. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we're talking about incredible Sweet films success. Uh, that are just amazing, and they're in black and white. What's wrong with black and white? It's like, and in fact, movies aren't real anyway, so you should just be able to enjoy whatever they are. What if they're like ultra neon, just bl blown out color? I mean, we go see animated films. Those aren't real. Mm. Black and white is just another texture. It's another layer. Um, I would love to see The Shadow done in black and white. Um, why? I mean, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow kind of had that decolorized oh, yeah. look. Um, it worked sometimes, it didn't work other times, and that's because that was the, more so the story elements didn't work that well. The look of it was fantastic. It just didn't hold up story-wise. For me, I think the shadow could be done in a cool way. Maybe just a not 100% black and white, but like a different like pull down the saturation or increase the blacks, anything like that. What do you guys think about a black and white approach to Batman or the shadow? As long as we keep that sexy moment with Penelope Ann Miller and the wind and everything by the fireplace. <laughs> right. We keep that. I'm cool with it going black and white, whatever color you want to put it in. Right. Uh, some movies I thought might be interesting Wonder Woman in black and white considering mm. she's an older character to see the difference because it's World War World Love War that. One. Love it'd that be idea. fun to play with that um, I think uh, The Dark Knight is something as well that if you go black and white because the Joker makeup still would work in the black and white oh, yeah. it's about the the unsettled of this and I, I know I know it's weird but Man of Steel I would love to see what it look, a noir version of Man of Steel would look like because already as you spoke earlier um, a version the Man of Steel is grainy when right. you get the 3D version it's grainy. And so if you're going to grainy, then it can lend itself to black and white a yeah. lot easier. I like all three of those picks. Somebody get on that and make a black and white special. Of it, <laughs> it, put that on Blu-ray and yeah. put it in a Comic-Con. I'll buy it. What do you think? Well, they did for Fury Road. Yeah, right. I, I know loved they released it. the black and white version great. of Fury Road. Yeah, the chrome yep. version. The chrome version yeah, of Fury Road. I, I, you know, I think that I, I'm a fan of black and white movies. I mean, one of my favorite teen films is Francis Coppola's Rumblefish. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And, and that was shot in black and white. Elements and of the fish were gold and were like, whatever, yeah, like and, red. And he went, yeah, and he, he'd made The Outsiders and like, it was like Technicolor, and right. then he, he went right after and made Rumblefish, yeah. which, if you haven't seen Rumblefish, there's a Criterion Blu-ray out of it. It's it's incredible. I mean, Stuart, Stuart Copeland, Copeland of the soundtrack. Police, mm -hmm. Standard Ridgeway from Wall of Voodoo yeah. sings the Don't, the, the, box, don't box Me, me in. in. I mean, I, and, and Diane Lane has never been... Diane Lane in The Outsiders and in... Streets of Fire. Uh, well, in Streets of Fire and... Because mm -hmm. that, that was the year after. So it was, it was Outsiders, Rumblefish, and Streets of Fire. I don't think there's ever been a more beautiful... Girl, the trilogy, of uh, the trilogy of Diane movies. Lane, yeah. goodness. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, of of what I'd love to see a, a a fantastic superhero horror movie in black and white, mm. like go back to the old Universal monsters, but but do it like uh, uh, ultra noir, like, sure. like ultra contrasty, not quite Sin City contrasty, right. but really do something and, and get in there, like like I wouldn't say Swamp Thing, but. But something like Morbius the Living Vampire in black and white would be awesome. <laughs> right? You know, I would love to see Jared Leto in black and white as Morbius. Just the only thing is the blood is red. Yeah, or his <laughs> eyes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Moon Knight. Moon right? Knight. I mean, oh. some of if they, there was some great yes. issues of Moon Knight that that really I mean they were Moon Knight could have that characterization because he's a fractured person already mm -hmm. his personalities one of his personalities could all oh, that story Plus could be black costume, and white is all white costume you know? and black and yep. white with the way that you could use the shadows moving as which reality is real maybe the black and white one is real plus there was yeah. one of this stained glass scarlet who is a great character uh in the moon knight comics you could do a 40s noir double indemnity type of a superhero movie and it wouldn't be that expensive all right somebody get on making a black and white superhero movie and we'll watch it ben gorniak asks what kind of story or character development do you hope to read in the upcoming fantastic four comic book coming in august 
Well, first and foremost, I want to see that interactions between the family, between mm. Reed and Sue, between Sue and Johnny Storm, her brother, and between Ben Grimm and Reed and Ben Grimm and Sue and Ben Green, Ben Grimm and, and uh, Johnny Storm. I want to see how that family interaction is working. I don't know how they're going to bring them back. I know they like disappeared into some void like three or four years ago. Uh, when they ended the Fantastic Four, mainly out, like they were like, well, it's not selling enough comics. Guess what? I know a lot of comics were selling like half as many comics as the Fantastic Four that are still being printed now. That had nothing to do with it. It was because of the rights issues, and they were like, look, we don't get, you know, that's what it was about. So mm-hmm. let's just, you know, make it real here. It wasn't about like, nobody's buying the Fantastic Four. It's, no, that's not true. In fact, they could have reinvigorated right then if they wanted to. And put a bunch of different amazing talents and amazing artists on the Fantastic Four and come out with 20 issue number ones and all of them would have been bought because it's about the talent and the team and how you want to do it. But I appreciate what Marvel did because it's a game. All of this stuff is a game and it's IP game right now. And Marvel's IP game is strong. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's pretty strong. So, you know, you got to look at it like this. Like Feige knew what he wanted. And some of the people who were part of the Marvel television universe, there was a lot of clashing, a lot of fighting, a lot of this, a lot of that. And it's like, you can de- read all about this. I'm not going to go into it. But I, I think eventually, in the back of my mind, even though Fantastic Four is my favorite comic book characters, my, one of my favorite comic books in general, it's Fantastic Four and Batman. That's, those are my favorite characters. So that they're coming back in a big way over the moon. I'm not going to buy the 100 issues of variant covers. I will. I've got them already in a magazine, I, or you could look at them online. Like I said on Monday show, Google search Fantastic Four variant cover number ones for August, and you could just see them. Image search, and there's so many beautiful covers that all these incredible artists have done. So, I mean, to me, like, just do yourself a favor and look at that. And by looking at that, you're looking at the history of the Fantastic Four because each artist did a little nugget from each, like, here's issue 10 or here's issue 20, here's issue 30, here's issue 40, here's this decade, here's that decade. So they did a little tribute to even the bad decades where the Fantastic Four, they sucked. You know, it's like there's certain runs which were horrible, which were like, (laughs) oh, my God. It was the image years where, like, Marvel was like, we don't know what we're doing. And there's like, just look at the Fantastic Four, like, post-1993, 94. It's like, what the hell is that? So anyway... I'm just saying, I cannot wait for the Fantastic Four. What do you want to see in the new Fantastic Four? I, will, I want to see the trial of Galactus uh, you know, from John Byrne. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about Galactus coming in to supersede Thanos, like, what would that be yeah. like, you know, with Reed and Scrolls, Captain Marvel? Everything's here right. for them to do it. And if we go over the Avengers 4, maybe the Fantastic Four shows up to fill that void right. of what's not, uh, of what's, maybe during the snap, something gets affected, and that's how they become But the I'm Fantastic talking about the Four. comic book. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, if you, if you create all this, if you put in the comic book, oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant the movie. No. Oh, my bad. Yeah, then with the comics, I'd like to see them explore more of the Namor stuff. I've always been a fan of that. Yeah, And me too. getting them together, and how's that? Because he's always been that eh, smirky guy kind of sliding in there right. with, with Reed. So all he, I always thought it was more of a threat than doom to that whole situation. So that's what I like to see is, is their situation come together. When they come together, what other human things get involved between them? So all I can do is echo what you said. That's what I like to see. And then maybe exploring some new storylines and some new villains since it's going to be brought back. All sure. Over now, remember, like Namor was reintroduced similarly to the way Captain America was reintroduced. I think yeah. in Avengers 4, Namor was reintroduced in, uh, I think it was Fantastic Four number four. Mm. Where Johnny Storm is like found that bum and he's like, it's like it's Namor just like hanging out in some homeless, uh, just, <laughs> right, I remember that. like zombied out and then yeah. he's like 
bro, he's like, I remember who I am. And then he brings a giant, like, weird whale fish and some crazy stuff. Atlantis, all these people are attacking. So it's sort of like, I mean, I like that idea. I really didn't think about Namor being in the very first movie, but I'd love to see him show up in the comic books yeah. and do a reintroduction or a, re, a repurposing of Namor and his, you know, him and Sue, that kind of triangle with him, Reed, and Sue. So, I mean, I think that would be cool. What do you think? Uh, look, I, I love when they go I love the co- – give me a big cosmic odyssey. Mm. Give me a large <laughs> – you know, give me a large thing like like what Star Trek Voyager should have been was the Voyager is lost in space and they have to build a coalition. They have to do some world building and try and put together a federation in the Delta Quadrant. That's right. what I wanted. What if Reed Richards becomes an ambassador? Like there's some collapsing – Star Empire, right. you know, and it's it's Reed Richards is our ambassador and has to like spend fourteen or twenty four issues stopping a galactic con- conflict from happening using his the whole family, the whole family. As stopping. long as they're all not sitting in circles and having meetings about trade federation. No, 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 it's no, like, no, 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 no. I, know, I think that's know, a cool idea. You know, they're going out and there's some there's something happening and they're spearheading a, a, a diplomatic. But make it cosmic, make it an Yeah, there's a war, yeah. like maybe there's a rift. Because whenever, whenever they make movies, they do do things in the comics to sort of mirror them yeah. or touch upon or them. introduce or do, them. Introduce something. And wouldn't it be cool if, like, there's some schism with the Celestials or whatever. And, right. you know, Reed Richards is called in because he's the only person from Earth who gets them because he's the only person who's talked to them. Or- I want to see the Fantastic Four go into the quantum realm mm. in the comic books. Right. To soft introduce the Fantastic Four going into the quantum realm in the movies. I feel like we talked about this on Monday. I think the negative zone has kind of been played out right. because of the Fantastic Four movie that just came out a couple of years ago. And it's like, we could retitle it Negative Zone later, but for right now, the quantum realm is what it is. Technically, it's very, very similar. So I would like to see that happen. Maybe the Fantastic Four are entering the microverse, you know? Um, next question, Anthony Lee asks, what movie or TV show that was announced but never happened were you most excited for? The Hulk with Jeff Loeb and Guillermo del Toro writing and directing. He was supposed to do the pilot. Right. And, and so the Hulk under del Toro as a TV show would have been a great update to what made the TV show in the 80s so enjoyable, which I still occasionally will flip on the channel at 11 o'clock at night and watch an episode. Sure, a Bill Bixby. Bill Hulk. Bixby is great. Yeah. And the whole, because it's all about like the angst of being this thing and not uh, the reluctant superhero yeah. all the time, and then what he becomes, and then using that when it's necessary for him in the situation. I'm glad you said that because there's a documentary about the making of The Incredible Hulk that's on YouTube. What? Yeah, it's just on YouTube. I'm Look it up. Watch this. It's great. It goes. It follows the writer, director, and producer of the Incredible Hulk series, and why he originally wanted to make the Hulk red, and Stan Lee said, the "No, Hulk? he's got to be green because the green would constantly rub off." And he's mm. like, "Red was more anger and this and that, but we couldn't do it, so he had to be green." He was very angry. The, this guy because he doesn't <laughs> read, didn't read comics, so he was right. coming up coming at it from a total psychological standpoint. This mo- this rage monster. Anyway, it's it's worth seeing, and we he go goes behind the scenes with Bill Bixby and wow. Lou Ferrigno. No, right. it's a fantastic doc. For that. me, it's my movie, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I worked on this with Holly Payne. Robert Meyer Burnett is in it. It's like a, it's a film about a film that never got made. It's Superman Lives, the Tim Burton Superman film that was going to be made in 1998 slash 1999. It was going to come out the same year as The Matrix. You would have had Superman Lives fighting Brainiac, Christopher Walken playing Brainiac. I mean, I think, I mean, the what could have been for me, 
was always intriguing. And then making the actual movie, I uncovered even more of what, like, I was probably just like everybody where you saw that picture and you're like, oh, we have good thing we avoided that. But then you saw this concept art that unlocked all this stuff mm. and like unlocked Nick Cage and Tim Burton talking about their ideas about Superman, which we still haven't even seen that version of a Superman. One of the most realist versions of Superman's that never got made was somebody who's like truly an outsider or someone like who would be like us when we were reading comic books, bullied and feeling alone. It's like that's the Superman. So I felt like realizing that film myself is a movie that I always wish now got made how about you robert well i'm still waiting i'm hoping they announced luke Besson's company was announced announced they were going to do howard chaykin's american flag mm-hmm. as, a, as a tv series and and i think valerian the, or the, the the non-performance of valerian last summer put the right. kibosh on that but howard chaykin's american flag especially the first 24 issues and then when he went back and did it again years later is one of my again one of my favorite comic books of all time that whole world i would love to see that future america and again the america we have right now could spin right (laughs) off into the american flag as depicted in and what, what's really interesting about American Flag was it was all about how malls, shopping malls, the Plex malls, yeah. and how how no one would have – Chicken had no idea that big box retailers and the malls would collapse and there would be no more malls. So, right. so to bring back the, the Plex mall like they have would be kind of a cool alternate future America that never was. Well, you know what? They could Love simply – I mean by using the same exact world building that he did but just transfer it over to Costco. Mm. Right. Because, like, that's, I mean, what Idiocracy did, right, not only by, like, seeing what our future government would be, but also what our world is sort of turning into with, like, the giant Costco's where people are like, I'm just living in a Costco. That's the (laughs) mall of now. Right. And I feel like American flag would really work by just saying, you don't have to call it a mall. Call it a Costco. Right. And then you're just transplanting it. Let's get into that sweaty question of the week, Cody. We're jumping to it. It's the Ivory Maw. And he asks... I was wondering if you think that the huge box office success of Infinity War and the critical acclaim it had, will Avengers 4 be even bigger in the box office than reaching Titanic or maybe even Avatar? Will it, will it, will it break those? What do you think? How far away is it, Roka? It's, well, here's what I'll say. I think it's possible. Because I'm crazy about box office, and I, I, all year, if the superhero movies have been good, they've been destroying the box office predictions for the, what they're going to make. Mm-hmm. The opening weekend and all. And so, to me, I think this, if the re- early reviews are as powerful as they were for Infinity War, then this thing has the chance to definitely be Titanic or Avatar, depending on what's around it, right? Because that's, I think, what hurt Infinity War in the long run here, being in the middle of a very busy summer. Sure. If Infinity War had been on its own, like Black Panther in February, I think that thing would have, would have gone to $2.5 Because what else is it to go see? So, but, but it all depends on what's around it. But in my opinion, at this point, it has the potential, but we will see. Where is uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War right now? What do you mean? Like in terms of money? Yeah. Uh, I can look it up real quick while you ask Robert. What do you think, Robert? Avengers 4, will it break? Will it be the, the number one box office Well, I champion? think, look, you know, the bar has been set so high. But I'm not betting against Marvel because, you know, Kevin Feige, is, uh, he's my man. He's my lord and savior sure. and all that <laughs> as far as comic book movies go. But I, I, I think that what Avengers 4, if it sticks the landing and provides – Infinity War ended on a shocking note. Mm-hmm. But this movie has the potential to create torrents of tears and sadness, and it could be the most emotionally affecting fantasy film ever made. If it ends the way Return of the King ends, sure, you know, with Frodo going off to the Grey Havens and, and, and leaving, you know, and saying goodbye to 
Samwise's best friend in the world. I mean, if it has that emotional wallop at the end with these Mm -hmm. characters, people are going to go back again and again and again to get that kind of. And it could, I think, it has the potential to do more than Infinity War because I think the emotional stakes, whatever those may be, right, are going to be such that it's going to leave not a dry eye in the house. Let me add something I forgot to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did an interview over the past weekend at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. I moderated a panel with Jim Starlin and Ron Lim. Now, they're the creators of... Jim Starlin created Thanos, yeah. as well as Gamora. Incredible writer, did incredible runs, Captain Marvel. He did his own insane like Star Wars called Dread Star, which should be made into a TV series. What's up? Um Laron Lim, cosmic illustrator of Silver Surfer for six years, and then most of the Infinity War, he took over from George Perez, then did Infinity Watch, and did, so those guys have been doing this stuff for a while. And I was like, uh, you know, asking him some questions, and he said, you know, we were talking about Thanos and the movie version, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, I, I like to say I am your father. You know, we're doing some little jokes here and there. He said, like, you know, the one thing that I found out about uh, that kind of was crushing was about a month before Infinity War came out. Uh, I heard from Marvel that they're going to have to cut out most of Thanos' backstory. So there's 30 minutes of story of Thanos' as a youth, mm-hmm. Thanos storyline stuff of him. And I remember reading about this a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. Like there's different th- scenes with Thanos that were shot and made that are cut. And then Jim Starlin confirmed that there is a special edition of Avengers Infinity War with those extra 30 minutes cut back into the movie that is coming out. So no way. No one's even no one's even heard that. That's news today, son. Bam, explosion. Set up for news. Set yeah. up for news. Set up. <laughs> so don't steal my don't steal it. John, um, Collider's John Schnepp so anyway, reported today. Um, <laughs> that's the news, man. There is a special edition of Infinity wow. War with 30 extra minutes built in. A lot of it being Thanos' backstory. They're taking a cue from the Lord of the Rings extended yeah, yeah, editions, yeah. which uh, the, the Lord of the Rings extended editions just plussed those movies. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you, that scene with Aragorn and Boromir from uh, when they're talking before they go into the Mines of Moria. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that stuff is it just unbelievable, yeah, you know? Definitely. Uh, well, that would be the best thing ever. I think if Avengers Infinity War, if done right, and like a lot of people said, you know, Avengers Infinity War, and they were right when they said it, had a bummer ending. Because it's like, it's literally like after the snap and after the dusting, you've got the villain yeah. sitting in his little farmland. You know, hap- it happens halfway in the Infinity comic book, Infinity War, that scene, that snap happens. But for us, it happens at the end of this movie, and then the end of the film is him content and happy and credits and you're like what so people are already emotionally power punched by the deaths of these heroes that they've loved for from 10 years to right to now seeing the villain win which you didn't expect to see seeing the aftermath of that then sitting through all the post credits and then seeing more people get dusted like nick fury Mm -hmm. but the only the sign of light the cheer that everyone let out was when you saw that captain marvel sign so we know that 1991 Captain Marvel, something has to happen to bring us up to Avengers 4. Yeah. Now, how much of that something something will happen in Captain Marvel? How much of present time will be part of Captain Marvel? We don't know. But and why did why did he call her? He didn't know what was going on. We'll the people out. of Earth had no clue what yeah, was happening to them. In mid-dusting, he was yeah. like, I better get this dust. You know, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Why did he find it? So we'll all why these, her? Yeah. 
We won't know for several months, but yeah. uh, hopefully the teaser will be fantastic and we're transported to the 90s. Yeah. And then when Avengers 4 comes out, if it does have that feeling that we had at the end of Avengers Infinity War, but the opposite, that emotional feeling that it was all worth it, that it is the culmination of 10 years of this entire journey with a lot of these characters who might be sacrificing themselves, not getting dusted unknowingly, right. but willingly making that sacrifice that could have an opposite effect where you're like, you got to see this movie. Yeah. I think it will. So yeah. yep. they know, right. It yeah. could, uh, 2 billion, just is, is 2 billion, 36 million, something like that. That's right. what it's made. Uh, it's opening May 3rd. So that's way earlier than the April, you know, um, it's right after the April right. uh, opening, but there's not much around it. So it's, it's men in black four. Uh, and then uh, what else is there? Oh, uh, the new John wick is in May. And something called Thunder Dolls or something. And the Lego movie. I don't think either of those can make as big of a dent as some of these movies that have come out. So it's certainly right. has potential. Well, it makes a lot of sense. So we're all going to be, you know, that's, you know, like nine months from now. We're yeah. going to be seeing that movie and helping it towards its $2.5 billion <laughs> or something. You've been watching Heroes on Wednesday. Thanks, Burnett. Roca, Thank rocking you. it out. And I'll see you all next week. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some staying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a sequel eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchased through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that sequel. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply.